Welcome back to Cryptids, Killers, and Everything in Between. Uh, we will be your host today. Um, we will be talking about some killers. Um, Jerry Burdos, actually. Um, it's the shoe fetish slayer, I guess. But, it, wow, has it been a fucking week or what? And the lust killer. He's also the lust killer. But, yeah, it's been a fucked up week. It has just been. Are we still living in, like... The United States? No, we're we're in a third world country right now. Jesus Christ! I don't want to harp on it too much because you can't really get away from it in all the news outlets. But I'm, it's like a fucking train wreck. I can't turn my head away from it. I... Yeah, we watch the news more this week than we typically do. It's just been. And all because wild. I wanted to watch the electoral thing because I'd never watched one before, so I didn't really know what it was, and I just had a feeling that uh, something was going to happen. And boy, was I right. Yeah, it was uh, unbelievable to watch. Not only that, but, you know, we have a pandemic surging out of control. Uh, virus sprouting new strains. And everybody's laying their hopes on a, you know, a vaccine that's uh, obviously not working and actually killing people. So It's because they rushed it. It's just going to, it's just, those are just my opinions, but... I mean, I work, I'm, I'm, I'm a healthcare professional, and I'm telling you, it's... 20 years now. So, but to get away from that, that's why I like doing podcasts, and I, and I actually am a fan of listening to podcasts, is because we can get oh, away yeah. from that and talk about other fucked up things. And we have a favorite one that we listen to all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, without um, further delay, we're going to talk about Jerry, I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Burdos. Yeah, it's actually Jerome Henry Jerry Burdo. Jesus, how many fucking names has this guy got? I think Jerry Jerry is his nickname. I've never seen Jerry maybe as a nickname. Names, maybe well, names well, you know them. how um, Jerry is usually like a shortened version. Like Dick is a shortened version for Richard, and so is Rich. So maybe... Well, you never use shortened Dick in the same sentence. Well, sometimes you have to. That's true. Um, so maybe Jerry is, you know, for Jerome, because mm-hmm. you know, Jerry wasn't my papa's real name. That was his nickname. Yeah, I mean, I've had friends whose name was, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Tony, and but their pet name was Henry, you know, because it was a sacred family name somewhere. It wasn't a shortened version or whatever. I've never heard Tony oh, turned yeah. into Henry. Yeah, yeah. Tony's yeah. usually short for Anthony. Maybe, but I'm just saying it, it. Sometimes it's a name that's not associated with the that. Root no, name. what happened is is they decided Tony wasn't what they really wanted to name him, so they just started fucking calling him Henry. They went with Henry. Huh? Not to offend all the Henrys out there, but okay. There's been a lot of King Henrys. So, as we know, a lot of serial killers revolve their fantasies around fetishes. Fetishes is not a bad thing. Fetish is not a bad thing. It is a Strong or unusual need or desire for something. You could also, you, we could say that people have a money fetish. We could say people have a, you know, nicotine fetish. Okay, or, yes, but typically most people with fetishes are exploring them or doing them with somebody it's that's that, like-minded or is well, okay to try it. And it's something that brings them pleasure, uh, albeit most of the time sexual pleasure. But some people actually... They actually ascribe some sort of magical power to it, you know, like a like a ritual or whatever. And I think that's when you, when you go to the serial killer portion of it, that's how they see it. They they need it to live. Not everybody needs to satisfy their fetish to live, but I do think that sometimes serial killers that's something that they that they have to revolve around their their sexual fetishes or you know whatever. That's part of their process. You know, that's why they always have that process. BTK had a process. Uh, Ted Bundy had a process. And it, and it all re- really revolved around what their fetish was. Um, as we get into this guy, it's more about shoes, which is fine because we can say you have a shoe fetish, right? Oh, I do. I've got all kinds Absolutely. of heels. I do too. I love seeing a woman in high heels. I mean, I, I get that. Um, but I, you also aren't going out there and killing bitches in high heels. No, no. Um, but there's other fetishes. I mean, you know, it's it's not just that. Maybe it's a certain sexual position. Maybe it's um, a certain way uh, someone wears their hair. Maybe it's, you know, a certain um, fabric. You know, fetishes can be 
really just about anything. I mean, you could turn anything into a fetish if you feel that strongly about it. But again, typically, you find somebody like-minded that will share said fetish with you. But it doesn't even have to be something you have to share with anybody. It can just be something that you keep to yourself. Um, but when you give us some background. Okay. Um, Jerry was born January 31st, 1939. Um, he was an American serial killer and necrophile. Who that means he liked to fuck dead people. I think so, yes. Uh, he commurdered... Commurdered? He committed at least four murders. Well, and you know... Between 1968 and 1969. Necrophilia is actually a fetish. And, um, you know, just... I mean... Let's all be adult here. Pornhub is out there for a reason. Um, there's actually porn to satisfy that about, I mean, people aren't really dead. They're just... Pretending to be dead. They're just laying there making no motion and stuff. Correct. And it satisfies, you know, whatever fetish that is. And it's consenting. It's it's something I don't understand, but I don't need to understand it. But, you know, they could people could be doing that so that people can watch it instead of going out there and killing bitches. Yeah, I mean... So, they're actually performing a public service. It's weird to us, but if it's keeping you from hurting a bitch, have fun. Have at it. Well, and there's also, you know, I mean, people can get on on the dark web and and, and watch live videos of, you know, people being killed and, you know. Okay, well, let's not promote that. That's not not okay. I'm not not promoting that. I'm just telling you it's not an unusual, it is unusual, but it's not. uh, You can find it without having to do it. Right. All right, go ahead. You can find outlets for it. Right. Um, he was born in Webster, South Dakota, uh, but the murders happened in Oregon, and he actually ended up dying in 2006 in Salem, Oregon. Motherfucker died of lung, uh, liver can- cancer. I keep wanting to say lung cancer, but it's liver cancer. And like we said, his nicknames were the Lust Killer and the Shoe Fetish Killer. Um, his early life... He was born, like I said, in Webster, South Dakota, and uh, was the younger of two sons. His mother had wanted a girl. How many times have we heard this? It usually revolves around a fucked up mother, an abusive uh, parent, um, or, a, or a fucked up stepdad. Um, Wasn't that the thing with Ed Gein's mom, too, was that she wanted a girl, and Henry Lee Lucas, his mom wanted a girl. And it's it revolves around that, and a lot of times it revolves around head injury too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that can damage you know a certain lobe in the brain. And isn't it uh, the mom thing one of the three or four things it they is. check off for a serial killer? It is. Uh, if you are privy to the you know FBI profiling of, um, I don't know if they still call it serial killers, but serial killers, there's a certain checklist, and um, the mother thing is on there. I know head injury is something that's on there. Wetting the bed is on there, Wetting I think. Wetting the bed. Um, uh, especially uh, how that was dealt with. Yeah, and like uh, animal abuse is on there. Mm-hmm. Animal abuse or, or, or Just uh, 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 abuse, sexual and physical abuse is on there. Okay. Like I said, his mother had wanted a girl and was very displeased that she had another son. Well, get over it. Uh, she would constantly subject him to emotional and physical abuse. As a t- child, Jerry and his family would move into different homes in the Pacific Northwest before settling in Salem, Oregon. Jerry, like we've said, had a uh, fetish for women's shoes. Well, you know, in 1944... This oh, fetish started for him at the age of five. Right. So, in 1944, um, he actually found a woman's spiked heel shoe at a junkyard when he was five. Uh, the shoe wasn't even part of a matching pair, but he was so fascinated by it that he brought it home. The discovery, I guess, sparked his fetish or infatuation obsession with women's shoes, and throughout his childhood, Brutus attempted to steal shoes from his teachers, mother, um, and other women in order to satisfy his growing obsession and fetish. This, though, would turn into a deadly obsession, and it could have been the way that it was dealt with by his mother. Or by his family. Right. Instead of talking about it and finding out what it was that you liked that was too uncomfortable, let's shame you. I bet that's what happened. Well, it's time period, too. Right. He also, apart from the fetish for women's shoes, had a fetish for women's underwear 
and he claimed that he would steal underwear from female neighbors as a child. Well, let's be honest. As a guy, a heterosexual man, or maybe you're maybe you're a heterosexual man who uh, likes to, to dress in those things. It's women have, and they probably think men have this too. They have a damn sexier stuff to choose from than men do. And I'm sure that women, some think that men have sexier things to choose from. You know, for their right. whatever. But I think that's what allows you to be attracted to the opposite sex. Um, in his mind, though, he must he was he must have associated it with something else or or whatnot. I mean, I, I know that when 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 we go out, I like you to wear you know, sexy things and, and high heels and stuff like that. Um, but I actually get to enjoy that later. Where maybe, What's underneath, yeah. Maybe Jerry does not. Um, and that's part of his issue, too. Um, he spent his teen years in and out of psychotherapy and psychiatric hospitals. Because that's the way to handle that. In his teenage years, uh, Jerry began to stalk local women, knocking them down or choking them unconscious and fleeing with their shoes. Well, so a fixation on women's shoes is typically harmless. It really is. I mean, that's a harmless thing. And I think at some point, every boy is probably curious. Have you not heard about boys putting on their mom's shoes and walking around? And I mean, that, that Well, I happens. mean, little girls do the same with their dad's right. shoes. I mean, and it goes both ways. But yeah. we're talk- But now we're talking about man, the, this, uh, a man doing that. And, but yes, females do it as well. Yeah, I used to I walk mean, around in my dad's cowboy yeah. boots all the time. I mean, you wear my clothes all the time. You know? mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's, it's a harmless sexual fetish, really. Um, well, even then, it would have just been harmless a little kid walking around in shoes. Right. I mean, but I think her reaction... Well, and had that stayed there, he, he'd he have remained entirely unknown outside a circle of family and acquaintances. Right, I mean, but she made a big deal about it. But, tragically, it did not. His mother, uh, already the mother of one boy, had been hoping for a girl. Um... Before, uh, well, had been hoping for a girl even before he was born. So obviously, she wanted a boy and a girl. She only wanted each. Well, sometimes um, that doesn't happen. Right. So when Brodus was born, uh, her disappointment turned into hostility. Because it's his fault. And she would express that all the time for the rest of his life, which means he can never win. He can never do anything right. And anything he does outside of the normal of being a boy is just going to be met with more hostility and probably ridicule. And right. That's probably what. Sorry about that. Our dog had a turd emergency. <laughs> Decided to lay a fucking turd like in the middle of me going through my dramatic Well, speaking here. of uh, fetishes, you know, that yeah. could get somebody hot. <laughs> we didn't shame him, though. So, um, so we was talking about Jerry Brodus's mother and how she wanted a, a, gir- a girl. Um, and her hostility towards Jerry being a boy, not a girl... Um, so when she later discovered his fixation with women's shoes, she found him wearing the shoes he found as a boy. She was took the ones he found at the dumpster. They weren't even a matching pair, but they, one was a spiked heel. Yes. Okay. Um, she took them away from him and destroyed them. Granted, given the sexual repressive atmosphere of that era, it's the forties. Right? Oh yeah. Um, this would likely have been the response of most parents of the time, but to further the rejection of his sexual expression um, could only have fueled his intersection with the hatred of the hatred of his uh, with his sexuality. Um, openly and repeatedly, he rejected. Uh, he was rejected by his mother. This further repressed his sexually, uh, repressed him sexually. Uh, he turned his pain and, uh, and anger inward. Then it manifested into hatred, not only of his mother, but of other women, um, and twisted itself into this horrible misogyny. I mean, right. it was just... I can only imagine. I mean, 
today, I guess we know more and we're more accepting and we're more open, but maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe that's a good thing because you should accept people for who they are. Right. Even if it's something you don't understand. Maybe even if it's something you don't agree with. But maybe things would have been different if someone would have just sat him down and said, hey, if that's what you like, that's what you like. Right. What do you like about it? Let's talk about it. You know, if that's something that you need to have time to do, then we, we, we need to talk about that. That's, you know, I'm not saying it's not okay. It might have helped him not be a serial killer, but then again, it might not have. Sure, we, we don't know. Right. But we know this definitely didn't, didn't help. help. Right. Um, and like you were saying, later, he started, later in, in his, you know, I'm assuming teenage years, he started breaking into the homes of the neighbors to steal underwear from the, the women uh, neighbors. Um, sexual fantasy started uh, taking a very, 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 very disturbing uh, turn into violence, and he associated the two things. Yeah, at the age of 17, he abducted and beat a young woman, threatening to stab her if she did not follow his sexual demands. Now, what were those demands? Uh, I don't... It doesn't really say. But think about it. Up to that point, he was stalking women, um, choking them to steal their shoes. I'm and pretty then, sure that's what the demands were, was he wanted her underwear. He and wanted, her shoes and probably some other stuff. I mean, it doesn't go into detail right. about what it was. Probably because he was 17... So that's going to be sealed. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you can kind of see his pattern. Well, yeah. It's, it's escalating. It's definitely escalating. Um, he was obviously arrested for that. It said shortly after being arrested, he was taken to a psychiatric ward of Oregon State Hospital for nine months. Well, the, the one that you're speaking of, um, he was 17 when he attacked this woman. Yeah. So what he did was he took a knife. He abducted. Uh, it was a teenage girl. Forced her to pose while he took naked pictures of her. Now, that's really the biggest thing that we know. Um, some of the reports are different. Uh, he may have beaten her or threatened her to do so if she didn't comply with his sexual demands. Um, although he assaulted her, he didn't kill her. Um, and soon he was arrested for that. What um, kind of assault? Did he sexually assault her? It was, or sexual, they... it was sexual assault. Okay. Because, um, I mean, what he did just making her do stuff with assault. I just Correct. didn't know if she was sexually assaulted I think he as went well. further. Um, and then he was uh, not, he didn't go to jail. He actually went to a psychiatric yeah, ward. Yeah, for uh, nine months. Right, for nine months. Um, he still attended school during the day while he underwent the in-depth psychiatric evaluation. Uh, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and determined, so here's a fucking thing. Why has everybody got schizophrenia It was always 40s? schizophrenia. Well, it wasn't just that. It was also, um, it was found out that his sexual re- fantasies revolved around his hatred towards his mother right. and women in general. Right, and he had a, he had a pent-up, built-up right. rage. Almost that he probably wanted to humiliate them just as much as he had been humiliated by his mom. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. that's that's where it came from. Yeah. Uh, just, I think any of us that are human beings, I'm not, I'm not protecting this piece of shit, but any of us that are human beings have felt that. You're wrong, you want to wrong that person back. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and then that's anybody just, that's associated that reminds you of them. it's you. They're going to get the same treatment. But you're right. Back then, everybody was... Diagnosed with schizophrenia. Right. Well, and, and, it's, and if you were a woman, you were diagnosed with hysteria. Um, it was suggested, though, after his release that he live somewhere else, not with his mom, get out on his own, and just kind of lead his own life. Which, again, might not have been a bad thing if he was just keeping his fetish to himself. Yeah. Right? Right. And like you said, um, despite him being institutionalized, he actually graduated from high school with the class he was supposed to in 1957. Shortly after graduation, he actually got a job as an electronics technician. So he was, it seems like he was trying to have a job, have a life away from his mom. I guess he, he reportedly uh, served in the military. Um, is this one that actually served in the military or is this one that says he served in the military but really didn't? No, he, he served in the military and he was discharged due to his obsessions. So again... Somebody's telling you it's wrong. Someone's telling you it's wrong, what, how you feel is wrong, what this part of you is wrong. Instead of finding out more about what uh, this obsession, what is it about this obsession that you like? Maybe talking about it might help him identify the same thing. Instead, it seems like everybody's telling me it's wrong and he's searching and he's got to keep it 
quiet. He's got, and no, there's nobody there to really help him decide what's wrong about it, what's right about it, what's okay, what's not okay. Um, and again, I'm not defending the piece of shit. Because he has a piece of shit. Right. Um, in 1961, he married a 17-year-old girl. And he was 22 at this time. Darcy was her name, with whom he would father two children, and he settled in a Salem suburb. Um, he asked his new bride to do housework naked, except for a pair of high heels while he took pictures. And you know now what? Again, you know what? Uh, let's, I think in our podcast, one of the things we like to do is, is be pretty honest. I, I don't see a problem with that. The kids ain't around. That's what you like. It's a little play. If little she's okay play. with it. Fuck, what, what's the matter? Uh, if she's okay with it, it ain't hurting nobody. Fuck it, Dad. Hey, look, you know. I, Especially if the kids. Yeah, if the kids ain't there. Yeah, let's do that. What's it going to hurt? Right. Um, It was about this time that he started complaining of migraine headaches and blackouts. Uh, relieving his symptoms with night prowling raids to steal shoes and lace undergarments. So... Did he have some kind of head trauma that would give him the migraines? Nothing's been reported. Um, um, and it does say that he indulged his sexual fantasies and fantasies, sorry, in his married life. Uh, it basically was the taking pictures of his of his wife, which again, there's nothing wrong with that as long as she is consenting. Yeah, if she's okay with walking around naked and in some high heels cleaning, right. let her go. However, um, while she, um, it isn't known whether it was consensual or forced. There um, is some indication that she may have been somewhat brainwashed by her husband. She was 17, so it could have happened. Sure. I mean, that's very possible. Um, Jerry would also experience a transgender period where he used the female persona as a form of escape mechanism. And again... That's okay. Well, yeah, it's fine. Like, people. today, that'd be normal. Right. That's a normal thing, and I think all of us at some point cross those barriers, whether in our mind or whether it's, you know... Well, a lot of life. people do, yeah. So, I mean... I mean, it, even women wearing men's clothes. Yeah. I, I wear mean, your t-shirts all the time. I, I don't see the wrong and harm in it at all, as long as it's consensual nobody's getting hurt. And I think we've said that several times on this podcast. All different anybody. stuff, yeah. If it's not, yeah. Um, the question about, so there was a question about his wife's complicity in the crimes because she had went along with him earlier with his demands, not demands, with his, with his asks, you know, Requests. Hey, I got an ask of you. I got a request of you. Um, and it was an open debate. Uh, his fixation on, uh, with we uh, wearing women's underwear around the house, his fetish for women's footwear eventually became more than she could handle. Um, after a few years, the two stopped being intimate, which suggested that his wife had some presence of mind of her own, therefore probably not complicit. Or she used to be, and then maybe it got a little too or, much for her. Or she knew about it, she understood it, and went along with it. Not brainwashed. And then he may have just been asking and asking and asking for more and more stuff that she just wasn't comfortable with. So, you know, we see we see him escalate. So he went from, he found this pair of shoes as a boy, and it fascinated him, you know, whatever it was. I mean, there was If a, his mom wouldn't have had the reaction she had, it might have just stopped there. Right. Um, and then it went to stealing his mom's or neighbor's underwear, shoes, garments, to then assaulting, kidnapping and assaulting a teenage girl. To then now, he's married. She's satisfying him as of now, but his needs are becoming too much. Right. This is when we start to get into his, his fantasies of murder. Um, so I, I, it's, it's interesting how that escalates, but you can see it. I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, it's like anything else that escalates. People's anger, people's, you know, depression. You can see that slow escalation and if there's no intervention. Right. And um, like most of serial killers, he kept um, shoes, underwear, and for a time, the bodies of his victims in a garage that he would not allow his wife to enter without first announcing her arrival on an intercom that he had set up. See, that would be hard, too, if to say she was complicit in that. 
I mean, but at some point you gotta say, hey, Gary. Why the fuck you got an intercom that I have to in- uh, talk to before I can come into I a room? I thought we were equal partners here. <laughs> uh, what's the smell? <laughs> yeah, I mean. What's the smell? Hey, Jerry. How are neighbors not complaining? Because they're in a suburb. Right. Jerry. So it's it like, hey. It smells like street shit and decaying bodies. It's just, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Jerry. Okay, well, his uh, his murders started uh, between 1968 and went through 1969. He bludgeoned and strangled four young women and attempted to t- attack two others. So it isn't known whether he acted out his more violent fantasies during that time. Um, it seems like he was building towards that. Or whether this sexual explosion or rupture with his wife was the um, predicate for his return to violence. So maybe he was happy in what he was doing and the life he was living, and she said no. And so... I've had enough. Me and the kids are out. So he had to find another way, which is the garage with the intercom. Yeah. That's just fucking... What, Jerry? What? <laughs> I what? just... I, that's weird. Wait... <laughs> Why is the garage locked? Why can't I come in? Why do I have to use this intercom? <laughs> well, his first victim was Linda Slauson. I think that's how you say your last name. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, she was a 19-year-old door-to-door encyclopedia saleswoman. Wow, you don't hear that. No, but back then it was fairly it common. It was fairly common. Well, you had, like, your... <laughs> Vacuum salesman, well, your Tupperware salesman. And encyclopedias yeah. and Bibles. And... Uh, she knocked on Jerry's door in January of 1968. That was the wrong door to knock on. Uh, Jerry lured her into the basement while his mother and children were in the house. Knocked her out with a wooden plank and strangled her. He dressed her in different female undergarments and shoes he had stolen, arranged her body in a provocative pose, and used a hacksaw to cut off her left foot, which he kept in a freezer and used to model his collection of high heel shoes. He disposed of the body in Willamette River. So. So I think at this point we, we're, we're into a dangerous... <laughs> I, think, I think we've crossed the line from just, you know what? It's, you know... It's and what a, was it about her a, foot that he wanted to keep? I think it was just a foot. It, it's the way it made him feel. It, you know, it, it's going from an unusual fetish, although popular, if you poll probably people and they're honest, an unusual, but now it's going into, like, dangerous. Like, uh, this is a healthy... Okay, before it was healthy, now it's not healthy. He said, even before that, though, he had been walking downtown. This is him kind of recalling um, some of the things that led up to this. Um, he had been walking downtown when he noticed a pair of women's shoes um, and followed the woman wearing them home. That's interesting. He noticed the shoes, then the woman. So he was drawn to the shoes. You're the woman wearing them. Maybe that's why the foot was significant. I don't know. After he... Um, and he followed, he followed uh, the woman home. After she went to bed, he broke in, he strangled her, so he likes to strangle. So this is a different one. Right, he strangled her into unconsciousness, raped her, then took the shoes and left. So he didn't kill her, he just strangled her unconscious, raped her, took her shoes, and then left. So that was definitely something that was leading up to that. Right. I think years later is when he met up with uh, Linda um, Slauson, and uh, that's why... You know, maybe maybe that was so. That was one they never got him. And maybe for. him he taking the shoes it. was because not every pair of shoes is going to fit him. You know, I think him taking the shoes was probably to remind him of that feeling. What happened every time I look at? Well, them, yeah, that's, every time I masturbate on them. Every time. Oh uh, yeah, they're famous for taking trophies for that very reason. Correct. So he could remember that feeling, right. but I think eventually that feeling probably faded. And then he had to do it again. But that's not going to be enough this time. Now I've got to do something else because I can't get that feeling that I had when I first did this. Well, yeah, they never can after that exactly. first kill. It's the kid, never the same. As the kid, I found the shoes. I had that feeling, but I had to do this to recreate that feeling, but it didn't satisfy anything. 
everything. Then I had to abduct this girl, make her pose nude and do all this stuff. And I, and I couldn't get in. And eventually that's what it gets to. And that's where we get to this murderous rage. There was no intervention. Right. And just kept going and going and going. It probably would have kept going. And not to save that fuck, but to save the people that he's hurting and killing. Oh, yeah. Um, the next one was uh, Karen Sprinkler. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was 18. Um, she was abducted at gunpoint from a parking lot outside a department store in May of 1968. Jerry was dressed in women's clothes during this attack. He brought her to his garage, made her try on his collection of undergarments and pose while he photographed her, raped her, and strangled her by hanging her from her neck by a pulley. Okay, I'm going to be honest. If you look at pictures of this man, that's obviously a man in a dress. Okay. Why are you not running the other way? Yes. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, after... Hey, Leatherface. What the fuck? Right. After um, he strangled her, he had sex with the body on several occasions and cut off her breasts to make plastic molds. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in real unhealthy territory yes. here. Yes. Afterward, he tied the body to a six-cylinder car engine with nylon cord and threw it into the same river as the first. So, I guess I understand the garage thing now. It's his kill uh, room. Well, it's his trophy room. So, he began collecting these trophies taken from women in his garage even before the The killings, yeah. Um, he warned, that's important, his wife against venturing into the garage or attic without permission. If she needed to enter for whatever reason, she was required to ask Brutus over an intercom system and wait for his permission. So... Yeah, and like you had, had said, that's that's where he kept um, body parts in a freezer. It was his kill room. It was his dissection room. He decided what parts he was going to keep. He decided what articles of clothing he was going to keep. And that way he could, I guess, masturbate and relive. Maybe not always masturbate. I don't know. Well, he took the one girl's boobs to make molds for himself. For when he, you know, dressed up. Molds. Yeah, he cut her boobs off. Yep. So I don't know how he's going to make molds, but whatever. Okay, his next victim was Jan Susan Whitney, who was 23. She was a motorist whose car broke down on Interstate 5 between Salem and Albany on November 26, 1968. Jerry offered to drive her to his home with the excuse of letting her call a tow truck there. While still in the car... Why can't I go to the payphone? Exactly, because then they were everywhere. Can you just take me to a payphone? Take me to a service station. Matter of fact, I can just walk. Jesus Christ. Uh, While still in the car, he strangled her with a leather leather strap and raped her post-mortem. Yeah, it it raped her dead body in the car. In the car. Then he took her and kept her body hanging from the same pulley system he used with the previous girl for several days during which he dressed, photographed, and had sex with it. This time, Jerry cut um, off one of her breasts and made a resin mold of it that he used as a paperweight. So it's a titty weight. It's a titty weight. It's a titty weight. Afterward, he tied the body to a piece of railroad iron and threw it into the same river along with the first girl's foot, which had rotted. So his kill count could have been much higher because he attempted then to abduct two more women uh, who got yeah, away. Sharon Wood, uh, 24, she was uh, an attempted abduction at gunpoint uh, from the basement floor of a parking garage in Portland on April 21st, 1969. And the second one was Gloria Jean Smith, 15, which he attempted 15. to... Yeah. Mm. Well, it, he may not have known she was 15, but it might not have mattered. I think it was Um, what they were wearing. Right. He attempted to abduct her on April 22nd of 1969. But Linda Saley, I think is how you say her name, would not be as lucky. Yeah, she was 22. She was abducted from a shopping mall parking lot on April 23rd, 1969. Jerry brought her to his garage where he raped her and strangled her and played with her corpse. He decided not to cut off her breasts because they were too pink. Whatever that means. It didn't make him... It it didn't... The color wasn't right. It didn't fulfill his fantasy. 
He instead drove um, an electrical current through the body in an attempt to make it jump, which, of course, failed. Afterward, he tied the body to a car transmission with a nylon cord and threw it into the same river yet again. Mm. And car parts, too. Well, there was a railroad tie, I guess. Well, that, yeah, there was a railroad iron on the second one. Yeah. Or the third one. In uh, May of 1969, a fisherman discovered a body floating in that river. Uh, he was scouting for fishing locations. Two days later, the police found another body. Well, the fisherman actually found two bodies. He found uh, Saley's body and Sprinkler's body. Oh. Okay. In the Long Tom River. Yep, you're right. And uh, Jerry would dress up in high hills and masturbate after committing each murder. So not only did he kill these people, have sex with their dead bodies, but he would dress up in his hills and outfits and masturbate also. Hey, you know, if it was just dressing up in your heels and outfit and masturbating, it'd be fine. But it was what you did It was that. after each right. murder he would do that. So that's his ritual. That's part of his... I'm sure there was a ritual getting ready for these murders as well. You identify what clothes you like and, uh, and whoever's wearing them is the unlucky person. For him, anyway. Yep. Um, these bodies that were found, uh, they were mutilated, tied to car parts, and that was obviously to help them sink to the bottom of right. the river. Um, though the river had washed away most of the evidence, police found a lead in the form of one dead woman's roommate. She told police that the dead girl had received calls from an older man mm-hmm. claiming to be a Vietnam veteran looking for a date, and that since her death... He had been calling the roommate as well. So that's, again, they go to bragging. They go to, they could say they They can't keep their mouth shut. Um, One of them had responded, but never saw him again because she felt strange after the date. Is that right? You felt strange. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you should listen to that. (laughs) Some of these women, if if you have a doubt, like, oh, God, why is he grabbing his crotch when he's talking to I mean that's a sign that's uh he, you know when he talks he doesn't look at me he just looks at my shoes and then he starts pinching the head of his dick that right there is a clear sign you should run away run away if he starts asking hey what size shoes do you wear do you like lace underwear run away run the fuck away that's conversations after you get to know somebody yeah yeah uh, police persuaded the roommate to plan another date with the man. So a sting operation. Uh, when Jerry arrived to pick her up, a team of police officers was waiting for him. Uh, I guess during the interrogation, Jerry confessed to all four murders, attempted kidnappings, and earlier assaults. It seems to me that he wanted to tell his story. Maybe well, not no. that he wanted to be caught. But this was an opportunity to talk because I'm telling you, this character was in the, the show Mindhunter, which I totally love. Mindhunter. It's a great show. All he wanted to do was talk. Yeah, but first, actually, you they, know. Well, they had offered a gift. Yeah, but before the police actually got him, because they tried a couple of different things, um, they actually asked some students at a nearby college campus about suspicious men and another one led him to Jerry. Um, and he also had phoned her several times asking for a date. Um, he gave, once the police found, you know, got a hold of him, he gave them a false address, which of course always increases suspicions. Um, but they eventually got around to his garage and at his garage, the police found copper wire that was determined to have been cut with the same tool that the cords used on the bodies were cut with. And then, after that, he was arrested and made the full confession. So they found evidence in his garage tying him to, which I don't think that's, I mean, obviously he confessed and he did it, but I don't think a tool that cut copper wire and cord. I bet his wife went in the garage after that. She's like, fuck this intercom. I'm going in there. Jerry, bitch. <laughs> why do you have pulley systems my, my, copper wire? And, my oh, point oh, is... Oh, my God, Jerry, there's a breast weight. He can't be the only person with that tool. 
Exactly, and I guess there could have been an argument for that. But again, I think he wanted to talk about it. Now, he was reluctant, if they tell the story correctly, in Mindhunter. Um, he was reluctant to talk to them. Oh, he didn't talk to him until they brought him a pair of high heels. But they knew his fetish. Oh, yeah, they brought him a pair of high heels, and, and he's saying like a canary. But then he, he wanted to talk about it. It was almost a release. Oh, it's like Kemper. Once you get Kemper talking, you can't get his big ass to shut up. Um... Having identif- uh, been identified by earlier assault victims in a police lineup, police obtained a warrant to search the home. That's when they found all the evidence to prove beyond a, a, a doubt that that was their man. I certainly hope it was more than just the tool I mentioned. There was nylon rope that was actually tied back to the victims. It was the same type of rope. So again, other people can have that rope. Uh, photographs of the dead women. Now well, see, that did it. Now see that right there? Not everybody's going to have that. Yeah, no. Um, and the most horrifying trophies he had kept from them. So there again is... The booby weight. Yeah. Jerry. (laughs) Why you got a booby weight? They took your teddy weight. I told them not to, but they took it. But he killed four, but only pled guilty to three. To, um, Sprinkler, Whitney, and Seeley. Yeah. Um, well, he was found guilty of Sprinkler, Whitney, and Seeley and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. Of which he served 37 years before his death in 2006. He escaped conviction for Slauson's murder only because her body was never found. Yeah, because even though he confessed, um, he was neither tried nor convicted because he did not make and keep photographs of that body. Unlike the other cases, but only her foot, which he got away, he threw away. Uh, Whitney's body was found a month after his conviction, about a mile downstream from where he said he had thrown it. So, three of the four victims were found. And he was tried for that one, even though the body hadn't been found yet. But, looks like it turned up about a month later. So. So, reading some of this stuff from, I guess, his mom. um, I guess his brother was considered perfect. That's usually how it goes, too. Um, and she actually blamed him for being... She blamed Jerry for being a boy. Like he can help that. If she wants to blame anybody for Jerry being a boy, she needs to blame the one that got her knocked up. Because you guys are the ones that decide the sex of the baby. Well, and, and according to some of the criminologists, psychologists, profilers... Serial killers are sometimes compelled to commit murder. Uh, that's in response to a deep fear of rejection. Um, what you get from your mom. Well, and it often springs from relationships that are most central in their life. And that's always at a young age. Uh, relationships with their mother. Because um, you're experiencing that maternal rejection. Right. So before you reject me, I think Dahmer was the same way. Before you reject me, I'm going to kill you. You're not going anywhere. Right. Um... And as an adult, they, they grow into a, a mindset where they actively seek to destroy those that remind them of the mm-hmm. object that rejected them. Um, but I think with Jerry, it's on, his relationship with his mother is only kind of part of the, of the complex. I think the other part is definitely his unhealthy obsession. Um, because it, at first it wasn't unhealthy. It was just, it was a, and it was an obsession, but... <clears throat> I argue that he, he probably would have grew into something anyway. I think this just fueled... that. Yeah, that just was where he went with it. Um, and while he was incarcerated, he had piles and piles of women's shoe catalogs in his cell. He wrote uh, to major companies asking for them, and uh, he claimed they were his substitute for pornography. Well... So his, I guess it, that wasn't the only pair of shoes that he had found or stolen that his mom had thrown out. She'd banned the whole thing. Yeah, he kept stealing shoes from his first grade teacher. Right. Um, but the ban on those those high-heeled shoes from an everyday object to forbidden taboo made his want of it stronger. Well, yeah, because what, what happens every time you tell a kid, no, you can't have that? That just makes them want it more. Yeah, and 
I mean, for him, he would do it in secret, but when he got caught, of course, you fly into a rage, so then you're getting that response. She probably didn't pay him a whole lot of attention. So, so he attempt- was doing it for attention? No, I think he was doing it because he wanted to, but the attention was a, you know, it was just the icing on the cake. Oh, shit, I'm getting some attention, whether it's negative or positive. She's paying attention to She's me. She's paying attention to me, um, especially when your older brother's being called perfect. And getting lavished with attention. So if he's perfect and you treat him that way, you treat me this way, I must be the opposite of that. Right. And that, in his mind, then only reinforced. And, you know, I think with him having his uh, wife do, and, and also the the person he abducted to take pictures nude and high heels and stuff, I don't think it was just for the visual. I think it was him trying to live vicariously through them. Right, he so wanted... he could pretend he was them. Correct. Um, does it say anything about the the trial? Like, Mm-mm. or in jail life or anything like Well, I mean, that. apart from the catalogs in his cell and that he lodged countless appeals, including one in which he alleged that a photograph taken of him with one of his victim's corpses could not prove his guilt because it was not the body of a person he was convicted of killing. In 1995, the parole board uh, told Jerry that he would never be released. According to... So I guess, I mean, during his incarceration, he pretty much stayed to himself and jacked off to his shoe magazines. That's fine. Whatever. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. But I mean, the the trial was pretty cut and dry because he pled guilty to everything. So they probably didn't even have a trial because if you plead guilty, it's, you don't have to have the trial. And maybe that's, that's what he wanted all along. Yeah. He pled guilty for the three because they couldn't prove the fourth one. According to journalist Lars Larson, uh, one that's a made up name. It's like that's, Stan, that's like that's fucking Stanley's work. That's um, Lars Larson. Come on. So, one of the few individuals, uh, she was one of the few, in, or he, I don't know, was one of the few in, individuals to interview Jerry Brutus in prison. I guess he wasn't big into interviews. Um, Brutus internalized. Uh, this incident with his mother or the several incidents as a message of a very strong disapproval from his mother. He learned that wearing high heels as a boy was wrong and dirty. Again, Aline's reaction only fueled the boy's fixation on this footwear and its association with his mother's rage, which would eventually serve as the basis for Brutus as developing into this lust killer or, you know... Shoe fetish killer. Shoe fetish killer. Um... And it, instead of a duality, it's almost like a shoeality. I mean, it's it's almost it blink, brings him pleasure, but then again, it brings him back to that feeling and maybe of pissing his mom off. Like you're rejecting me, this is how I'm going to reject you. You don't like me doing this, I'm going to do it anyway. It could also make him feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there is something to say too about those guys that like to be humiliated. You know, that's that's part of their fetish, right? Maybe he was one of those. Maybe he liked that, right? You know, or grew to like it because that's all he knew. Right. You know, and that's into him. He associated that with that sexual feeling of like the the one guy that we just did who was in the orphanage and the kids and they were getting the shit beat out of him. So that it turned turned pleasurable for him. These guys on Pornhub like get kicked in the dick (laughs) or farted in their face. You know, I mean, just stuff that I don't understand. But you know, if it ain't hurting nobody, I mean, whatever. Um, And that's their maybe their way of getting it out, I guess. I don't know. I, I I don't know. What do you? I mean, what do you think on this guy? I mean, well, honestly, I think big surprise. I think the mom had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say that if she didn't shame him and make a big deal about the shoes, that he still wouldn't have went down the path that he did. And I think it's important too to say. That just because you wear clothes or accessories of the opposite sex, whether you're a man or a woman... It's not a big deal. That is not wrong. It's not. It's not indicative of criminal activity. It's not. It doesn't mean you're mentally defective. It doesn't. It All that means is it's something, and it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong body. All it means really is... You like to be pretty. Or you like to be butch. It doesn't matter. Right. Really. But what makes it wrong is when you kidnap people... And make them do it and cut their feet off. And by all accounts... And their boobs. By all accounts, Jerry is a, is a shoe fetishist, but he's also a cross-dresser. I mean, that's really what it is. 
Yeah. Um, but he didn't have to kill people to get that. No, and... He had a wife. He could have went to the store and bought the clothes and sent it to his wife. Ball guy. Um, wow. I'm going to stab you with my fucking pen. Humans have partaken in cross-dressing or some form of cross-dressing for centuries as part of theater. Well, um, yeah. Because before... That's how were, Drag Queen came about, wasn't it? It was from Shakespeare. I'm going to wear the ball gag. Um, before women were allowed to act in theater, someone had to play the women parts. So it was so always it men. It was always men. Right. Feminine type men. Mm-hmm. Unless it was a farce, then they, you know, it would be masculine men dressed as women that you could obviously tell was a woman. Mm-hmm. But the object was female parts were played by men that could actually pull look, off, look like a female. Um, there's also the drag queen culture, which is a little bit different than the cross-dressing culture. There's all kinds of different levels of trans and stuff, which I don't want to get into. Um, not because I, I don't, not because I dislike it, just because it's very complex. I think it'd be an interesting show to do. I really do. I think it'd be an interesting podcast. Um, but I just don't think we have time to do it right now. Um, it's also important to understand that the difference between the cross-dressing and the transgenderism. I don't think Jerry wanted to be a girl. No, he just enjoyed wearing women's clothes. Right. Nothing wrong with that, and you can be heterosexual and still like that, just like a woman can do it as well. Right. Let's be clear, cross-dressing does not apply to just men, it applies to... To women, too. Right. Um, Because you've got your drag kings. Well, but if you wear your husband's shirt out in public, you are technically cross-dressing. Yeah, I guess if you want to get technical about it. If you wear men's shoes because they're more comfortable, you are cross-dressing. Yeah. That is... If you just look at the word itself, I, I see a lot of when you know researching this. There's a lot of mail about you know hate against crossdressers, and there's been a lot of gay bashing and, and stuff like that. And they associate those things together. It's not the same thing, and not that this piece of shit deserves the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, we have to understand what that does to someone's psyche, especially when it's coming from someone who's supposed to protect you and love you. Exactly. That kind of leads you down the serial killer path. Right. Or whatever path that you're going to go. I mean, you could have let him down the kill yourself path. Yeah, and could have. Or, I mean, she's lucky that he's not like one of the many serial killers that killed the mother. So, it is interesting um, in this interview that Bruto admitted um, about the time he started practicing his own devious form of cross-dressing, he also began concocting the sexually violent fantasies. So... Again, he had to associate him, which explains killing the way he killed and then dressing up and masturbating. So he was putting the two together. Right. Um, that's why he had his, you know, uh, garage of horrors. But actually, interesting enough, he was hiding this stuff in front of his mom the whole time. So, And he had a substantial stash, according to him. He just knew how to hide it. So he had been Probably doing Probably under this. the floorboards. Well, he had been doing this for a long time. Um, and his fantasies, though, the, the victim was always young, female. Um, she was always the same. He dreamt of, of trapping a young woman in an underground tunnel or pit. Unable to escape, she would be forced to do as he pleased. Uh, it's always a dungeon. Going in his dark fantasies persisted throughout his developmental phase, and eventually... He acted. Happened. And again, you said dungeon because that's always associated with BDSM or bondage or something. That's not wrong either. No, it's not. But a lot of these serial killers with these fantasies always have them in a dungeon or a hole or somewhere that they can't get out of. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Well, I think he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's absolutely a piece of shit. Um, and like we stated earlier, he died on March 26th of 2006. He had liver cancer. At the time of his death... He was actually the longest incarcerated inmate at the Oregon Department of Corrections. He was served a total of 37 years. Really? Before he died. I, I, I don't think he was unhappy to be in there, to be quite honest. I think he was one of those ones that he knew that if I'm out there, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah, I don't... I he wasn't going to stop. The fantasy was for him to kill. Yeah, let's, let's he wasn't going to stop. But I think also the fantasy he could play out in his head was just as good as what he was... But when you're not locked up, I mean, there's no rule that says when he's in prison, he can't have his shoes or his shoe catalogs. Or I don't know. think they let him have the shoes, but he had the shoe catalogs. Yeah. Well, I, 
No, the, the FBI, when they interviewed him, brought him <coughs> shoes. That's how he talked. He wouldn't talk unless he had them. Right. So he got to keep those. And then, since you brought that up, he has been portrayed a couple of times in pop culture. Um, in Netflix, The Mindhunter Show, he was in season one, episode seven and eight. Um, there, the actor Ted Levine. He'd been in other stuff too. I've recognized him. Yeah. Well, Ted, the actor Ted Levine said he based part of his performance in Silence of the Lambs mm. on Buffalo Bill. Is that him? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the white fort me. That guy, he tucks his dick. So that's well, yeah, I guess you're right. White fort me. And then, uh, surprisingly, J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter person, stated that the serial killer in her novel. Troubled Blood was based in part on Jerry. Really? Yeah. She did more than just Harry Potter. I haven't read anything apart from the Harry Potter. But yeah, she's done some other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I hope nobody takes this wrong. I'm not trying to defend this piece of shit, but I think it's... If you don't learn from mistakes that others make in dealing with this stuff, like if... If you have a kid and your, your kid's doing something you figure is unusual, I mean, it's your responsibility to step in and figure it out. I don't think... And don't shame him because you could be creating well, I, I a mean, potential unless, serial killer. I mean, unless you walk in on him raping somebody, molesting somebody, or then killing somebody. Then you do somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you're killing somebody, but if it's something that really, honestly, is not hurting anybody, hey, why, why are you all lathered up in peanut butter and, you know, wearing a tiara? Like... What, is that your thing, buddy? Jesus or, Christ. Is that your thing, buddy? Or, like, I mean, why do you have a dog toy strapped in your mouth? Is that, like, what's going on? After, when you take it out and tell me. I, I don't know if that would help things, but it's sure ain't going to make things worse. I mean, you're, at least you're going to understand what you're seeing and know what you need to do to help this person. And that, again, seek help. Don't be like, eh, I'm just going to deal with it on my own. Every time it does, I'm going to beat him. No, maybe you should consult a professional on development of a, of a child and try to figure out if this is just a normal stage of development, curiosity. Just because you didn't experience doesn't mean they didn't. Right. Every kid's done weird shit. Come on. Think about it. Everybody's done weird shit. Even going back to comparing uh, Weeder sizes. Yeah, or pissing. I mean, you looked at another person's dick. That's kind of gay, ain't it? I mean, you know, I mean, if you look at it from that point of view, I mean, it's it's not harmful. It, it was innocent. So, well, I mean, guys shower all the time, so do girls in school. I remember being in theater and being in shows and or whatever, and we all showered together, and it was very uncomfortable. But, you know, to some people it was normal. I didn't understand how to some people it was normal. I was very uncomfortable. A lot of times I skipped that part. But... <laughs> To them, it was normal. So, you know, whatever. We're all different, and that's what makes us, I think, anyway, beautiful people. Now, our differences make us beautiful. So. Right. Um, anyway, I hope you've enjoyed uh, Jerry Brutus. I found it very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think <coughs> that we're going to kind of keep on this track of doing uh, serial killers. You guys seem to like it. But if you have any... Well, speaking of that, we're any actually... Ideas, we're actually running something on our Twitter, um, kind of like a contest thing, that we want to hear your guys' three favorite podcasts that we've done. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. Yes. Give us three suggestions of ones that you would like to hear, and you'll actually win a free medium plush from our store. It'll and be... Um, these are these are quality plushes. We're talking... They're uh, handmade. Hand I think sewn. last month there was over... There's over like 250 orders. Yeah, that's how many. We, that's that's why the store's been closed because uh, November, Not closed, December. but on vacation. On vacation, um, just yeah. to catch up with orders. So uh, these are these are in popular <coughs> demand. Yeah, the contest is you get to pick a free medium worm, or a free medium Mothman, or the big uh, a Bigfoot plush, or a Nightcrawler plush. Fresno Nightcrawler. Yes. Yeah, the Fresno Nightcrawler. Um, and I'll tell you, they're one of a kind. I mean, they're hand-stitched. So, yeah, so they're, they're hand, never going to look, the, no two is going to look the same. And that's the draw to it that people like, is that they're not, you know, manufactured, perfect. They're, they're not so, they're not used, I don't use a sewing machine, right, I do it by hand. They're very um, individual. And it kind of goes along with our cryptid stuff that we do, that, that we love to do. So, it's a great contest and it's a good value. Um, and we know that, I mean, our we're, we're getting big numbers every day, so... Um, 
go back, listen to these podcasts. You know, what three do you really, really, really like? Yeah. That helps us gauge also, what, <clears throat> what to, we need to do. To keep going. Right. But then, I mean, sometimes the well runs dry. You need ideas. We want to hear your ideas. And when we pick the winner, we will definitely give you credit for it. So yeah. you can leave this in the comments. You can email us <coughs> at... Uh, cryptidkillers at yahoo.com. And then our Twitter is the same as our podcast name. You can leave these anywhere. Um, we will select a winner at the end of the month. And then we're going to run a new contest. So The um, next one will be for one of the large... <clears throat> plushes so that'll be the Ohio River Monster um, a large worm or a Kraken I think and we are in the process of negotiating having t-shirts made or some, some kind of merch yeah. that we Work can put out there it. and of course that's that's going to be part of our promotions <coughs> as well so yeah. um, please let us know um, we want to hear from you um, You know, let us know what you like what you don't like what you want to hear what you don't want to hear um, we just appreciate the feedback and we appreciate and be nice, but we appreciate you coming and listening to us. Mm -hmm. um, we see our numbers going up and we thank you for that. So. Yeah. So just hit us on Twitter. Thanks. Bye.